0: Alright, how's it going? Matt here, you listen listening to Looking Sideways, the show where I look at life through the lens of surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding and other related endeavours. Although, as a listener slash reader said last year, in a quote that I've been rapidly adopting as the unofficial Looking Sideways motto, and I quote, Looking Sideways is just about surfing, snowboarding and skateboarding in the same way that Moby Dick is just about a load of men in a boat chasing a whale. Which, as I've said elsewhere, is the kind of slightly wanky, pretentious reference I can get behind and indeed frequently employ on the show. Now, if you've tuned in for the first time because I've got Ray Barbie on the podcast and you're wondering what the fuck this weird English guy is harping on about, fret not, kind of how it goes over here in my little niche corner of the internet. But yes, to repeat, I've got the great Ray Barbie on the show this week. How rad is that? Now, I've had a few cracks at getting Ray on the show over the years. Notably through various sponsors who were, to be honest, zero help. So in the end, I sorted out myself, as I often do. Hitting Ray up with an Instagram pincer movement through our mutual pals, Don Brown and Thomas Campbell, who both very generously did the intros and helped me set this one up. And you know what I'm going to say if you've been here before. This one was a joy. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm still enough of a grom to be pretty fucking tickled at the fact that I'm going to get to have a chat with Ray Barbie. And it was a proper privilege. I mean, of course, when you chat to an old hand like Ray, who has done a billion interviews with goons like me over the years, it's never easy to tell how it's going to go. For every Thomas Campbell, there's, well, one that didn't go that well. Let's just say that. I think we all know which one I'm talking about. But I had a feeling Ray was going to be up for it. Firstly because of the TC heads up and secondly because my old pal and other mutual friend Ed Lee said he's the closest I've ever come to meeting an actual angel on earth. Ed and Ray were on WSC together back in the day. Um I mean that is quite a what's the word testimonial. Um but I could tell even over Insta messaging that Ray was very warm, very welcoming and clearly like a legend. So yeah, we got into it. And we had this chat which covered all manner of ground in the classic looking sideways fashion. I always love it when guests who aren't super familiar with what I do just get right into it. And that's what happened here. We recorded it on Zencaster, which is a web platform for recording podcast, which works 99% of the time. And then the other 1% fails. I've had that happen a couple of times now. I was so paranoid about this um, that I did a backup recording on my iPhone as well. So, um, but it worked. Um, Ray, Ray's audio wasn't the best, but you know, we're going to, we're going to roll with that. So, um, yeah, it was great. We covered everything from how faith helped Ray cope with the intense fame he experienced during his career to his memories of that 95 Radlands comp, which he came second to Tom Penny. Um, that's the type of wide ranging windbagging session, as Ray put it, we're having a, I'll leave the intro for now. So without further ado, have a gander at me and Ray Barbie, The Power of the Pulse. Enjoy. Before we start, happy birthday.
1: Oh, thank you, sir. It was yesterday, right? Yeah, the fifth. Yeah.
0: Nice. What did you go up to?
1: Woo. What did I do? Um, just kind of. It was nice just to hang with the fam. Actually, there's a um, there's a home right around the corner from me. Uh, my friend Toby, who uh, um, does these home shows. They're called like the living room shows. Okay. And so, anyways, um, he's moving, and so um, last night was the last show, and they had this band from Africa. I Forget their name, but um, but it was cool to go check them out so it was kind of a nice, a nice little um you know uh cap off to uh the day yeah yeah what
0: what kind of thing were they playing
1: i don't even know the names of the instruments
0: all <laughs> ah, right <laughs> so i uh, so uh, like uh, so not like a not like western style like actually different instruments and different kind of complete take
1: yeah man i mean you know it was acoustic guitar it was it was a duo um Acoustic guitar, but I think you know, just some kind of alternate tunings, and actually maybe strings from a violin or something, um, right? And then, uh, and then the other instrument almost reminds you of like a. Um, man, why am I forgetting the name of what they call it? But it's like the jug, the jug base. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's got the tub, like a tub base or something, where it's got the tub and then the stick and then one string. Well, it was like their version of that, which they might've originated it, but it was a box that laid down and it still had the long stick and the string on it. And he he played it with like a, a bottle use it like kind of like a bottle kind of thing uh he didn't fret it with his fingers he, he more uh um got his notes through the bottle sliding at times but a lot most mostly just fretting just placing right. the placing the bottle at various points of the string to get the notes you know and so and it had a really trippy sound to it and and yeah, then the, so- and then the guitarist amazing. Yeah, and then the guitarist was sitting on a type of drum and he kind of, he was keeping the beat with his heel, you know what I mean? Because he's sitting on it, playing playing, the guitar, and then just boom, 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 or boom, 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 boom. Like they had two tempos, basically. It was like either, I mean, it's for music nerds or whatever, but it was either eighth notes or, no, I'm sorry, it's either. Quarter notes or eighth notes? Yeah, I was about—I was about about to say—I was about—I was about to say eighth notes or sixteenth notes, but there's no way. He's like,
0: (laughs) 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 I mean, I—I always really like—I love hearing. So there's this guy, I think you'd really like it. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's called Shahabil Ahmed, and he the 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 compilation is called "The King of Sudanese Jazz." and um and basically i mean they're playing the blues basically like and it's again it's like acoustic guitar sax like a four-piece acoustic guitar sax uh double bass and a drummer but it is i mean it's like punk it's like it is so punchy and so raw and so and you know when you're used to like hearing like western interpretations of these like musical styles and it's it's just so rad isn't it when you hear like the same influences, but kind of from a completely different, almost like cultural standpoint and what, so, what, what you get from it, you know?
1: Yeah. What what I, what I love about these guys is that there is no influence. There's a hundred percent their their culture's music, their rhythms, their approach to, I mean, they even tweaked out the instrument. I mean, I don't even know what those instrument. one of the instruments I've never seen before or whatever. Um, yeah. And then the way that they approach the acoustic guitar, that was just—I <laughs> mean, because I was looking at it, and it was like the equivalent of, you know, like a left-handed player with the right-handed guitar, you know, like Hendrix. He he switched the nut so that the E string, the low E, still sat at the top.
0: Yeah, he didn't just flip it, did he? He played it. No, he played no. it he played it the other way but he, he changed the strings didn't he He made yeah. the
1: strings be uh fit for a left-handed player yeah um where like an albert king he didn't he just flipped it or uh, um, elizabeth cotton she just flipped the guitar and was like i'm gonna make it work <laughs> um and so um his setup looked like it was acoustic for right-handed he was a right-handed player but his string setup looked like it was for a left handed player. Yeah. And the strings look like, again, like they were, weren't guitar strings. Right. And so I guess what I'm saying, what was really, what I really appreciated about, because I hear what you're saying and I dig that too, where it's, you know, there's so many, there's so much music out there that's exciting that comes from their take on James Brown or their take yeah. on, curtis mayfield or something you know and it's just raw and it's got a lot of their flavor this yeah. is this is just a hundred percent them you know what yeah. i mean like i ain't hear no western nothing in <laughs> it's just the universal heartbeat of that pulse from his heel and then yeah. there, there was just these really cool rhythms with that guitar and that other instrument and then uh um and then their melodies and and what's traditional towards those rhythms and so it was really cool because there's not a there's not a hint or a trace of any kind of western influence that i could hear
0: yeah and it's it it's almost impossible to escape isn't it that influence because like you say because those those styles are so sort of you know they kind of loom over the culture don't they you know you mentioned like james brown for example or you mentioned like curtis mayfield or if you look at, I mean, you could pick any of those kind of iconic artists like Hendrix as well. Like it's, it. when you make music, do you, are, are you trying to, to, to put yourself free of those influences? Like, is it a conscious thing or are you just, are you just like, how does it work? Like, is that, is that something you're concerned about? Is that something that you're cognizant, that you're aware of? Like that, you know, like the, the sheer inescapable influence of these people that came before.
1: Oh, you're asking me?
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah about like my, the, I'm
1: sorry, about my own music.
0: Yeah, as a musician, yeah.
1: Yeah, like yeah, when... yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, no, man, I'm a I'm a hundred percent byproduct of what I've digested over the years, much like everybody, anybody, right? Like um I just always feel like no matter like everything comes from somewhere right like like we're, we're to the point where and i think that's why i appreciate uh you know those guys that i saw last night because it's refreshing when you're you're being exposed to something that's you're not aware of or haven't don't know much about you know like i'm not yeah. like they're very traditional I guess I'm trying to say is like what functions with everybody was functioning with them. But it's that saying of like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, um, if you're gonna rip somebody off, then do it from, um, from an obscure source, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, so, (laughs) you know what I mean? So I'm sure it was refreshing because I'm hearing and experiencing their music for the first time and I know yeah. there's all of the ingredients of their environment their culture and what they grew up listening to and what their parents probably played to them and they're just it's their version of that right it's um but because I don't know any of it it has this very you know one of my heroes and thankfully a friend is a uh, bass player Mike Watt um from uh the Minutemen and Firehose and and Watt would always say there's nothing new. The only thing new is you finding out about it, you know? And so it's like, yeah, I mean, I see it in other people's music and I, and I, and I experience it myself that I'm just the stew of everything that I've um, listened to over the years, you know, like growing up, growing up with my parents collection um, record collection with a lot of jazz and blues and, um, and then I, you know, I always say it, I'm an MTV baby. So, um, right. I was, I was in fifth grade when MTV came out and with MTV, you know, now metal and rock music is being played in the house. It wasn't going to be played through my parents. It was coming through MTV. And so yeah. now I'm hearing all, all these, such a different type of music that you know i've never really heard and got yeah. turned on before and got turned on to so many so many bands through that and the energy of it and everything it was just so exciting you know and so i guess what i'm saying is like all that is in me <laughs> so yeah it becomes like i you know i just feel like you you kind of you get kind of led by familiarity you know like if you are and i think that that kind of uh steers what you do you know what i mean it's that familiarity that you start to kind of that leads you does that make sense and so yeah you know but you're so you're not you're not i'm not conscious of it but i understand that that's what's happening you know what i mean like if i come up If I come up with a riff or something, there's something in there that's familiar to something I've heard before. Yeah. And so because of that, it makes it exciting and it gives you this um, kind of desire to pursue it, you know, and feel like, okay, cool. I'm into this. Like, you know what I mean? But if you dissect it and if I dissect, I could be like, oh, that was this, um, you know, uh, you know, John Fahey riff. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Or, you know yeah. what I mean? Just play yeah, yeah, a yeah. different spot and phrase a little different, or I don't know. I, I just, yeah. Think- I mean, I,
0: I, I really like what you, I really like the Mike, what quote that you said, cause I think we're, I think me and you quite, I'm, I'm 47. I think you may be a couple of years older than me. 53. I, yeah. I, like as a kid, like, so I was born 76 and, mm-hmm. um, I was, I think like you absolute music geek and growing up, like there was these bands that you had heard of, but you'd never heard. So like can, you know, like growing up as a kid, like can, I used to read about can all the time and I never heard them, and I couldn't find the records anywhere. And then the, and then finally got a record. I think the one I first got was like soon over Babylon when I was like 18 or whatever. And like, And then you're like, all right, okay. Like you say, you know, you kind of like start to, ah, right, well, that's where that band got that from, and that's where they got that from. And I think it's funny now, isn't it? Because all all music is obviously like instantly accessible. Like you can just listen to anything that you want. Like so, and but I still I still get that. I still like listen to things that I that 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 I was that I'm like, all right, okay. You know, like you can you can it's really fun, isn't it? Like connecting it, like connecting all the influences and working out where it all came from.
1: Yeah, it's super for me. Unfortunately, sometimes it becomes a hindrance because it'll kind of put me off. Because I'll feel like it's too close. Ah, um, in what way then? Unfortunately, like, as
0: in as in when you're making music.
1: No, when I'm listening to music.
0: Ah, I see. Right.
1: If I if I catch myself if I catch myself doing it, I kind of I divert immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what I mean? If I'm aware of. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, but. But I guess to your point, I'm like, yeah, I, 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 agree. I, it just kind of functions as kind of a, um, I wish, I wish I wasn't as aware of it cause it makes it to where it makes it. I can't enjoy things. Cause I'm like, you know, like for me, and this is what I love about all of this stuff, right? There's no right or wrongs. It's, it's all preference. And we all have our different makeups and temperaments and, and uh, biases and things that, um, that are very that that comprise and make up who we are and make us individuals in general and so so I guess what I'm saying is like these are just preference things um one person enjoys uh, uh, an apple more than a, a banana kind of thing right yeah. so and so for me when I listen to um John Mayer. If I hear John Mayer, I, I I have a hard time because I hear too much of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah, for me, I you know what I mean. And so, and so that's a case in point, if you will, to where I'm like, ah, oh, I can't get past it. It's just too much. Like, I'd rather hear Stevie, I guess, at this point or something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: No, I don't I, know. I know. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. But I think when people do it. With taste, and when people do it with subtlety, and when they make something new, then it's rad, isn't it? Then it's then, and that and that still happens, and that's and that's one of the amazing things about it. Like you know, after all these years, people are still able to make original things that you that you listen to, and you're like, all right, like you can hear where it came from, but it still has something original about it, which is I don't know, I, I still continue to be blown away by that. No, really.
1: and and that's and and that's the opposite of what I'm. Yeah. I mean, then that's the that's where that falls within your experience of what you're listening to is a preference thing. Right. Yeah. Because for me, I guess, yeah, there's certain things where where that falls. I'm like, yes, because that's the beauty of it. Like we're standing on the shoulders of giants kind of thing. It's like you cannot not be influenced is what I'm trying to say. You're going to be influenced no matter what, because unless you just. Yeah don't listen to anything and you're not aware of anything and you find an instrument and you go for it. But very rarely is that the case. So you're always going to be influenced. It's just, I'm just more talking about the preference. The preference comes in to what percentage and level do you feel that that influence is um, being expressed? Is it being yeah. expressed literally or as close as possible? Or is it being expressed in a way that you're able to kind of put your say into it or your fingerprint is in the mix also? Yeah. And the ones where that their fingerprint is a little more evident are the ones towards my preference that I have more of an emotional connection towards. But it's rad that somebody else could listen to john Mayer and be like you're tripping dude this is awesome i hear so much of him in this and to that i'm like right on
0: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean one of the things i really like about your instagram is how much of a fan you are like i mean i'm I'm a huge band fan so when robbie robertson died and you posted that that interview clip of robbie robertson you know i was i I love that like and you Mm. posted you posted a b52s clip like last year you know and I, you, you can really tell like that you that you are just a fan you, it seems like you're still the same kind of kid you know like that that was as stoked on music Do you know what i mean it's still it's mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. something that you really obviously want to communicate
1: yeah you know instagram's an interesting thing um uh the social media in general is a really interesting thing especially for people like myself who are have uh, work with brands of any sort right like and so I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're you know because you know uh, I turned pro for skateboarding when I was 17 right and so in in skateboard industry most industries right like how it works with product is you know, you endorse somebody in skateboarding. It's called having a sponsorship. In uh, sports, it's called endorsed, right? Like, you know, yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan's endorsed by Nike for years, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And so, yeah. um, um, and so with social media nowadays, the role has shifted with the marketing towards. That relationship, and it's it's shifted to where a lot of the responsibility is on that you know uh, the um, the the party that is being endorsed, right? Like, and so yeah. um, I guess what I'm saying is the pros are responsible in great part now for m- the marketing that the brands used to do yeah and and that's done through social media and in general but um what i'm speaking on is with instagram in particular and so for me coming from however you want to say it the old school the old guard or whatever where the you just did your thing and it was the brand that magnified that or when i say magnified it projected it or um you know, you think of, you think of kind of like a a microphone, like what I did was kind of speaking into the microphone, but the microphone put it through a speaker to amplify it. Right. And so, and so I just came from that where it's just like, I just want to do what I do and you guys amplify it, put it out there. (laughs) But with, yeah, but with, with, uh, social media now and Instagram in particular now, um, you have to put it, you have to, um, amplify it yourself. And so I struggled with Instagram because to amplify it yourself. You have to be talking about yourself. I hate talking (laughs) about myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's just my personality and my makeup. It's like, you know, I just come from, I put my faith in Jesus and there's a verse I love where it says, do not let praise come from your own mouth, but from others, you know what I mean? And so it's just a, it's, it's, so it's, so it's, it's a tough one for me to be talking about myself. Yeah. It's always came from that, like, just do what you do. And if what you do has an emotional connection for with people, then, then let them respond to it. Yeah. Um, and so. For me to hop on, and I and I I fought Instagram for a long time because of that, but it came to a point where it's just a part of my job. So if I still want to, it becomes a, a a new job description, right? Yeah. And so um, I so I'm sorry. I'm saying all of that to say this is that for me to finally hop on Instagram, which was however many years later, for me to join the party for um for me to participate the only way i could figure out how to do it in a sincere way because i i i I can't do it if it's not sincere yeah and so to figure it out in a sincere way i looked at it like a zine like back in the day you know because i started skating in the 80s i mean i'm sure you guys had it too where we made zines yeah. It was like our skate crew made a zine. I lived in San Jose, so we made a zine called No Way Jose. And we were inspired okay. we were inspired by like all the other zines that were out there by like uh Neil Blender and Gary Scott Davis, GSD, and and in San Jose there were a lot of like punk skate zines floating around, Skate Fate and a lot of these zines. And so one of the things we would do in the zines was we were trying to hit people to our crew to our um scene and what we were hyped on and did and and then share that back and forth like we'd get their zine and be like cool this is what this is their skate spots this is their punk bands this is their clubs that they go to you know what i mean and so yeah i look at my instagram feed as back in the day like a zine where it was just yeah. like just trying to hit people to my little world, you know. Because I think one of the coolest things about Instagram, and and is, yeah, people are known for things. But I feel like it's an opportunity for people to kind of get a better sense of their what their interests are, and as they're comfortable, you know what I mean, with letting yeah. out there. And so it's it's stuff past what you already know, you know what I mean. So it's like, yeah. So when I share all that stuff, that's me saying like, dude, this is what I have emotional connections to. This is stuff that I, it's, it's no different than going to a record store with somebody, with a buddy, and you guys are both flipping through records, and you see one of the records that's one of your favorite records, and you pull it out, and you're like, dude, have you heard this? Check this out. Yeah. That's all those posts are. Or, or sharing fun little things like... Those type of posts for me, whether it's album that had a huge effect on me or a musician or a photographer or a skateboarder, like to me it's celebratory, I guess. It's wanting to give credit where credit is due. Um, But also, again, going back to what, you know, Watt's quote, There's nothing new. The only thing new is you finding out about it. But we're trying to help each other find out about stuff that they might appreciate or might – they might have an emotional connection with or something. You know what I mean? And so that's just kind of my way to get around talking about myself. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I got to – I got to do my job too. And obviously post stuff on myself and things like that, but yeah. r- really try to push it more towards either celebrating others or things that, uh, really help steer my direction, had a huge effect on me. You know.
0: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I was going to, I was going to ask the question I was going to ask you about it was like, it's really generous. Was that a conscious thing? Like, cause I'm thinking of you posted a clip of, uh, zeta rush doing all the no comply variations recently and that you know everyone over here was fucking stoked on that <laughs> like because it, <laughs> it was just it was just a really nice thing it was just like you know check this out and that's a real feature of it like i was doing some research and i I found this quite you did an interview with chris naratko and you were talking about instagram I'm just going to ask you a question that you kind of mentioned. You said one thing I realized once I started being in the world of Instagram was that people don't let go of things. If something has emotionally affected somebody in a powerful way, that doesn't fade. Because obviously like, you know, you're of the, you know, the films you were in, the the Powell era, that that period of skateboarding. Yeah. I mean, it's why you've got people like me hitting you up for interviews, you know, like it, it's a big deal for people. And so I guess, I guess my question is, what affected you in that way when you were, when you were younger? like you know what affected you in a way that has still got grip of you?
1: I mean, you know what's so crazy is that um, that that question right there, we just answered it. <laughs> All of my posts is that like when you said that when you said, you know like I'm still a kid, that's what we all are. Like we all have these deep emotional connections that to this very day still function in such a strong way. And so, yeah, like all of those posts is that right there. It's my way of showing the, the B 52's video, the, uh, you know, uh, the video of can, uh, the photos of, you know, Gons or Steve Clare doing a front side. I mean, that's, that's it. It's like all of that stuff. I still have a, a huge, deep emotional connection to that. Posting up a video of, of, uh, um, wheels on streets of fire or speed freaks with notice. It's like for his birthday, it's like, cause I have such a, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan just like everybody else. We all are of each other. Like we all are. And, and this space is so interesting because we're 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 older in it now and so yeah we can there becomes even more of an uh it becomes even more what's the word it becomes richer um it becomes it actually presents itself more than ever because it's always as you get older you realize That time, how important that time was, and what a you know, I mean, everybody talks, thinks as they get older, think back about freer times, times where they had less burden, times where they can just throw caution into the wind and didn't have all the responsibilities and could just be feel freer, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so there's a sense of that reminiscing becoming, uh more, uh, desired or more of a, of a, um, I don't want to say it, uh, becomes greater in you, the need to reminisce because it serves for something for you now in your present <laughs> age. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, you know, they call it the salad, you know, what, what was, what, <laughs> would it would it Ian MacKay and minor threat um you know they did that cover song salad days right it's yeah it's that it's salad days like you're just you know what I mean and so yeah um, yeah well
0: I think one of the things I really like about getting older is um understanding things from the past in a new way you know like understanding like why you behaved in a certain way or like mm-hmm. why you why you did a certain thing that you that you perhaps didn't even understand at the time, and mm-hmm. the, and then the distance of time gives you a that new perspective to be like I, I I'm kind of finding that there's a lot of connections that are starting to make sense the older that I get if that makes sense do you do, do you do you feel that
1: do I a hundred percent agree i mean I'm just so grateful that again. I put my faith in Jesus. So I believe that, you know, he created all things and all things were created for him. And and it says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I'm just so grateful for how we are constantly changing and growing. Like we're just changed. We're changing. We always change. And so to your point, I I love that because it's like, I mean, think about our taste buds, like there's so much stuff I used to hate and now it's my favorite (laughs) stuff. You know what I mean? And so, you know, and I'm so grateful to have my family and be married to my beautiful wife, Stephanie, and have our, you know, the privilege to be parents to our sons, Nolan and Max. And, and it's like in our house, it's like, too we're we're constantly changing we change we're not who we were our marriage me and me and staff is like dude, we're changing with one another and i just think yes yeah. i love that because it because i used to always think to be honest with you i used to always think before getting married i always think like wow like when want to get boring <laughs> 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 you, you know what i mean like yeah i do know I'm, what you mean i do know what you mean because i'm in it to win it you know what i mean i'm yeah. like yeah well that's like, that's sort of, I'm, I'm when, not, you know.
0: when you're a kid like you that that, that you kind of that's how you i think that's how you view time isn't it that's how you view age like you have a you have like a kind of like oh god really is that is that what it's going to be like you know like and and like you say the point is that it, it, it it's constant evolution and movement and change and when you realize that which i'll be honest for me it's quite a recent thing, really like it it was really liberating
1: it was really like ah
0: okay <laughs> this is this is the deal you know
1: yeah I, I i mean i guess what i'm trying to say is like i think it's a beautiful thing and it's because of it that um things don't get boring right mm. um but i will say this what has to be along the ride of change. Is a lot of grace <laughs> and understanding. You know what I mean? Because yeah,
0: and kindness.
1: Yeah, and 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 I guess what I'm saying is the grace for the other person's change because it can um, not be pleasant a lot of times. Also, yeah. you know that, what I mean?
0: Yeah, I do. And is that something that you've found? I think easy is the wrong word like um but is that something that you always understood let's put
1: it that way Uh my faith in Jesus helps me to understand that and then right. it's it's him who gives me the ability to pursue it though I fail I'm not where I want to be but I'm not where it was Okay and I'm not where yeah and so I guess what I'm saying is there's growth but I can't do it myself if that makes sense.
0: And yeah, so it makes, it makes total sense. It makes yeah, total sense. Yeah.
1: But but um but it's only through him and him meeting my needs for affirmation, approval, recognition, um, uh validation, him meeting my need from that for ultimately makes it to where I'm not so needy to get that from say my wife. Or from others yes. then then it allows that allows me to have grace and mercy and compassion on the other person's need because a lot of times that could be a part of the change you know what i mean is is maybe an unhealthy need for those type of things and trying to get that from the wrong source i believe and so sure that's just that's just one of the ways that has helped me to have grace through change is not need something from them, but be able to give as their need is maybe uh, being expressed in an unhealthy and unloving way.
0: I mean, you put it so elegantly, but it's, it's, uh, it's not easy, is it?
1: (laughs) No. And that's what I'm saying. It's all him. (laughs) But, but that, but I guess what I'm trying to say is the foundation of how he does it is meet my need first it's like on yeah. the air. it's on that it's like on the airplane right it's like you know how they say like if something happens you put your mask on first before you can do the other you know your child yeah. or whoever right and i guess that's what yeah. i'm saying that's how he does it he meets my needs for those things so that now i can help encourage that but he's the mask i put my mask on from him I, if i have the mask on in in their brokenness or in their frustration and in their maybe, um, uh, you know, uh, needing something from me that I can't give them, only he can give them. He's the mask. It allows me to help not get in the way of him wanting them to put on the mask. And if I have the mask on by understanding that you know what? I'm affirmed. I'm validated. I have approval. I'm recognized by him first and foremost. That's where I meet that need. Then I can help encourage others to meet, have their, that, because we all have that. It's inherent within all of us. And we all have our ways of how we try to um, fulfill that. And unfortunately, yep. we were never meant to solely give that to one another. We were just meant to be a compliment or an echo of where you truly get it. And so, um, and so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, that's how he helps me to pursue that. But it's not easy. But at the same time, when it happens, that not easy shows me that it's him doing it. In me, because I'm pursuing the truth of that, and I'm pursuing and understanding that I can't do it; it's you doing it through me.
0: Yeah, has yeah. your? I mean, I'm, I'm, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions about your faith?
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm open to any question. Cool. I mean, have yeah.
0: you, has your faith always been important to you since you were like a young age?
1: Like, like most people you know, because I believe it it says that God has placed the knowledge of eternity within every person's heart. So, you know, there's these old theologians that I love, and one of them is uh, St. Augustine. And St. Augustine, um, when I say theologian, let's say man of God, right? Um, Yeah. And, but like, I forget 1800s, or maybe I forget when, but just these, I always say just these old theologians that are my heroes, right? And and he has this quote where it's very biblical, um, which is just another way of saying that I believe it to be true. And it says, he says, his quote is, "Our hearts are forever restless until it finds rest in Thee." And so, that's that's my that was my life. That was my life before being brought out of the darkness and into God's wonderful light by him revealing himself to me and showing me that um, he is the answer for my, the biggest question in my life Um, in general. But in particular, (laughs) why do I not have peace? Why do I know that there's something more to this? Why do I know and why does that eat me up? And why do I do the things that I don't want to do every time I tell myself I'm not going to do that anymore? And I hurt this person. I do that. And then why do these people do this to me every time when I don't even, you know what I mean? And so I saw, you know, for me, I turned pro when I was 17. Got sponsored by Power Peralta when i was 16. Public domain comes out. I've got all this attention. And yeah. I hate and I hated it. Right. Well, I, you're a young
0: boy. I mean, 17 is so fucking young. I mean, it's it's Yeah. Yeah. Man.
1: And so I I guess what I'm saying, I, I always I always say this about my faith. There was two phases of my life. One phase was I was comfortably confused. And the next phase was I was just so uncomfortably confused that it ate me up. And it's when I was in that stage that I was brought out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And I saw that he, Jesus, is the way, the truth, and the life. But it was a long journey, it was a long process. And the first phase of my life was. And that's why, because I had all these crazy questions and turning pro added on a million more crazy questions because here's, here's my thing. I love people. I mean, I love hanging and getting a chance to win bag with you. Um, I hated how, because of being on this video and because of learning some tricks, how people couldn't we couldn't just have a conversation like this. It was, it was just always like, Oh my God, do you know who you are? And Oh my God kind of thing. Right. And I'm sitting there being like, yeah, I'm no different than you. I just learned some tricks. Like I knew it. I, I I knew it was wrong. I just knew it was wrong. (laughs) And it made me feel so like, so that just, I was so uncomfortable. I mean, I was so confused, but, still getting to generate an income and making more money than my parents through skateboarding, still travel. You know what I mean? But hated. Yeah. But that aspect made me so confused because I knew it was wrong. I just knew it was wrong. You know what I mean? And so over time, it just intensified and intensified, and no one had answers, you know? Um, I felt like with the community I was around. You know what I mean? Um, Lance Mountain, who puts his faith in Jesus, he would share with me. But un- unfortunately, the reality of it is that we're, until we're brought out of the darkness into his wonderful light, there's a process before our pride will come to the place of understanding that, you know what? And that's what happened with me my pride got to the place where i was humble enough and frustrated enough to realize that wow just like saint augustine was saying like this lack of peace all this stuff that i'm experiencing that i do and what others do to me at the end of the day like i don't have peace that is the issue and that and there was this sense of like i knew there was something more and it was restless. And our hearts are forever restless until it finds rest in thee. It's like, I was trying to find rest. My heart was so restless. You know, there's a verse that was huge. And this is, this really is what um, I went through. And it says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, because my yoke is easy, and my burden is light, and you will find rest for your souls, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And that was the thing, man, I feel like from the time that I really started to notice that I'm very confused and have all these questions, but was comfortable in it, to the time where I was even more confused, and had even more questions, and was not comfortable in it. That whole span, which was probably like 20-something years, it says no one comes to Jesus unless the Father draws him. Through that, through his grace, he was drawing me through that to that knowledge that he's placed within every person's heart, the knowledge of him, the knowledge of eternity. And so I, the amount of baggage, the amount of hurt, the amount of you name it, that was just getting piled on and piled on, and it became the heaviest burden. And when he revealed himself, because of my humility, in the sense of coming to a place of understanding that I've got nothing to do with anything, I had no say in not one thing. I had no say in the era or the time and generation that I'm born in. I had no say in who my parents are. I had no say in the color of this that led me to getting chased by skinheads that if they would have caught me, I don't even know if I'd be on this call right now. Um, I just had no say in the trees or in anything. Just the humility of that. Um. Allowed. The Holy Spirit allowed God to reveal Himself to me. It, I, I was broken. It says, "A broken and contrite heart, the Lord will not despise." Like, I was broken, and my pride was broken, and I was weary and heavy burden. And I guess what I'm trying to say is like, He gave me rest and that happened i think when i was i think i was 20, 20 or 21 um and that in and, and and it happened in europe in amsterdam at the red light district um there was just a sense of i mean it was a heavy night seeing guys seeing people um shooting up heroin in the door stoops we went to the red light district and just seeing how gnarly everything was you know and that whole time I was just like in my head I don't even know why I was saying it but I was just like it wasn't supposed to be like this it wasn't supposed to be like this and and by the end of the night it was like one second I didn't know and the next I knew but when I knew I knew and I was just like it's Jesus he's the way the truth and the life I was like dude my grandmother was right because my grandmother's my hero and she put her faith in Jesus and she was she modeled what jesus can do to a person's heart and i had so much reverence and respect for my grandmother so um i'm very grateful for her prayers for me and for the example that she was in my life when i was a little kid and so that moment i was just like wow my grandmother knew this is truth this is it you know and that's that's what changed my life
0: i mean it's interesting isn't it because outwardly you'd achieved the things that our society says are the reward fame respect culturally money um and and those are the things that that you kind of told to strive for so when you achieve was that confusing like to the the, the feeling that you had like because you've obviously really clearly you know you said it was you, I think you said a couple of times like it, you knew it was wrong which is a really like powerful phrase so like Because I'm guessing like 16, 17 year old you, at one point you must have been pretty fucking stoked. Like, you know, you must be like, wow, like this is happening, you know, like I'm, you know, this is it's blowing up, like I'm getting to travel the world. I'm getting, you know, all that stuff. Like, so when you realized it wasn't serving you, like was that, that must have been confusing. That must have been
1: a strange feeling. Yeah, that was all a part of it, you know. Um, You know, (laughs) another what term, like I'm so grateful for God's grace in his, his hand of grace in my life, because it's because of him that, um, you know, what a I'm so grateful because how often are you able to be at the, how, how often are you able to be a part of something that you love at the start of something? You know what I mean? Like, like street yeah. skating was just starting to happen. We we're stumbling across ideas that we hadn't seen. Yeah. Like how often and so like i'm so grateful for that i I was just about the skateboarding um and i love the idea about having my name on a board and being like my heroes but i didn't care about and i didn't fantasize about the fanfare i just fantasized about like dude i want a name on my board and we're skating and we're trying this stuff and we're having a blast (laughs) like if I had it my way, like yeah. I'd like to just do that with my friends and have my name on a board and be like sick. You know what I mean? And so I, I yeah. guess my temperament, I wasn't after the fanfare. The fanfare was like kind of the bummer part for me. And that was the part that led right. me to the Lord because I was, that's a part of it. It comes with it. You know what I mean? And so I was just like, yeah. dang, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted the money too right? You know what I, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't want the uh, attention because it made yeah. it to where I didn't know who was sincere with their intent. I mean, it was just so, it's crazy because you become, it's just weird. You know what I mean? It's like, and so it wasn't, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I didn't, I, I wasn't one of those guys that were like, and I have so much respect for those that those personality types. The go-getter. I wasn't really the go-getter. I still kind of am not. And that's probably a huge part of my problem. <laughs> but like, I just kind of it was kind of like stumble bum into it, kind of thing, of just like, oh, like I didn't I didn't seek to be I wanted to be sponsored, but I wasn't like trying to call people to get sponsored. I had a I had a buddy yeah. that That was his personality. I had a spokesperson early on and my buddy, Robert Torres, he was just like, Ray, we can get sponsored. I'm like, what are you, huh? Especially (laughs) when street was so nothing. Like nobody, like brands had street skaters, but they were just kind of like, they didn't really get much. You know what I mean? It was about vert, you know what I mean? So, and we were getting excited about this thing that like, was just this kind of underground enthusiasm that kind of was like the 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 little little brother in the family, like little little. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It, it got it got <laughs> yeah. one page in the back of Trans World for contest results, and maybe one little clip of the person who won. Like that was it. You know what I mean? And but that was everything for us. That was yeah. our world. But it was because yeah. of my buddy Robert Torres that was like. Who we can get sponsored, and he would call Steve Rocco. And he would call, um, because we got we got flowed from Steve Rocco and Mark Gonzalez when they were team managers for Vision and Sims, and then those dudes got fired from being team managers because I think they were selling product or something. And then Steve Rock and then Steve Rocco right. gets hired to be team manager for Venture and puts me and Robert on Venture with mark and we we're like of course and i guess what i'm saying is like i wouldn't have had a relationship with them if it wasn't for my buddy robert and so i guess what i'm saying right. is like i understand that my temperament my personality it's like the way my journey has been it's just been through uh, me not pursuing it just being excited and doing these things and being a part of things and from that getting these opportunities so that makes sense
0: yeah it doesn't it's it's, it's really interesting because because you said you said something earlier like i can't quite remember how you phrased it but you said something like oh you know i've never even really chased it like but if you look at it you know music skateboarding photography you have achieved success like you and so how do you explain that how do you, do you like how you must have thought about that right like if you if you you know given you've clearly thought a lot about this like a lot about the position that you've attained and like all all these things so like how do you explain that like if you do you think it's do you think it's the fact that that's what's attractive about it almost that's the appeal of it
1: okay oh so yeah let me let me let me try to do a better job of defining what i meant when i said chase it um i'm speaking specifically towards skateboarding and because yeah. that's the foundation of all of this like you said earlier like if it wasn't for skateboarding and i feel like if it wasn't for stacy peralta i wouldn't have opportunities today and yeah and you wouldn't yeah. want to be doing this or it wouldn't you know what i'm saying and so so i'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. skateboarding yeah. the opportunity to become pro that will put me into all of this i'm saying i was just excited and doing it i wasn't i was open to it but I wasn't the one being proactive in the development of it. That makes sense. Like I wasn't calling yeah. to get sponsored. I wasn't It's kind of like now it's interesting because even musically now it's like, I don't, I think I might've set up one gig out of all the gigs that I'm so grateful to have been able to play or whatever. I only set up one gig. they all came from, people reaching out saying, Hey, would you wanna play? Would you wanna play? Like, I don't book shows. I don't book anything. I'm very grateful that people reach out and then I say, like, I would love to, or I can't, or whatever. You know what I mean? And so, um and so yeah. I guess what I'm saying is for the marketing of myself or for I just never had that thing that's like aggressively going out to try to pull something off. I chase the thing it yeah. is like to I chase my my interest and my desires like i got to chase doing the hard work to do yeah. an album or to print photos or take to the i chase doing the work and i do see that that a workman is worthy of his wages or all hard work yields a profit like i did get to a point where i was so grateful that van still has me a part of their program and what they're doing And because they've pushed out so far past skateboarding, I did realize that, wow, as I'm getting older, these interests that I have can still add some, could still make it to where there's value, to where my sponsors could still see worth in me for what they're doing. And so in ve- with Vans in particular, yeah. because they're speaking to people who think skateboarding is cool, but don't do it. That conversation is different than just speaking to straight skateboarders. That conversation becomes yeah. a little more augmented into the various appendages of skateboarding, like music, photography, art, and graph. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so So then I sense. realized yeah. like, Oh, cool. Like I can speak that language too. And, and they, I could bring some value to the brand by just doing what I do. like I love playing music. I love doing photography you know what I mean and so and so I guess what I'm saying is like yeah, I was intentful in, in understanding that there's investment or value, which was a a huge blessing towards the thing that I'm gonna do anyways. <laughs> Like I'm going to learn to print anyways. I'm going to do photography anyways, whether there's value that allows me to stay on a brand or not. But man, thank you, Lord. What a blessing that it can provide value. And then I'm so grateful for Vans because they facilitated and played a huge part of the development of these interests. So it's like, I'm just so grateful, man. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So with, with the, the different creative pursuits—skating, music, photography—how um, do they, for you? I mean, I know you talked about the culture generally and how they influence each other. For you personally, though, like, how do they? Is it do they cross-pollinate at all? Do they influence each other? Like your your guitar playing, your skateboarding, your your photography—like, do you see them as, a, as 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 like a collective? whole or are they quite separate in the way that you
1: look at them i see it i see it as spokes of a wheel you know like you you've you've got the hub i'm the hub and then they just all kind of shoot out from there each spoke is its own thing but it's tied to the hub right it's tied to the and so i guess what i'm trying to say is like yeah i mean obviously like I guess what I'm saying, that's the point of the intersection for them. That makes sense. Like I'm yeah. when I'm skating, I'm yeah, not yeah, thinking yeah. about playing music or photography or I see parallels, but that parallel is because they're all connected to the spoke. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm sorry, to the hub. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You got the <laughs> hub and they're <laughs> yeah, all yeah, yeah. out from the hub. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but but it's tied course, together. Yeah. It's tied to me because yeah, it's coming what, from the, me.
0: The unifying yeah so the unifier is exactly
1: you. like and so inherently yeah. there's gonna be some cross stuff but i don't really try to figure it out i just know it's all coming from me yeah, yeah. people will say like you you know your skateboarding is smooth and your music's smooth are you trying to do that no <laughs>
0: yeah no i i I kind of thought you might say that because it is quite a common one that you get isn't it that that question like oh do you see a similarity between like music and skateboarding kind of thing and i i i guess i more wondered like how you take that sentiment really No, no which
1: which i'm sorry which that's a different question do i see similarities i guess i was more responding from and maybe i misunderstood your question i was more responding from do they influence one another or
0: no, you're right. And, and, and and you're right. So let's go for that. So that that was the first question I asked. So let's go for that second question. Like, so you do, so you do, I do
1: see parallels all day long, the parallel, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I'd say, yeah, I'd say with music and with all of them, but these, but you know what, you know, what's funny is like, Yeah, so one of the most common parallels is between all three of them is the ability that they have to provide enjoyment solo and with people. I love that parallel. I love that I can go out and just go walk around and shoot or go skateboard flat ground by myself for however long or go skate a park that's empty for however long, have fun. Uh, I could pick up my guitar and sit in my room and play for however long and have fun. I can be in the dark room for however long by myself and have fun. But I love also how I can be skating with a bunch of buddies or with people and have fun, jam with people and have fun. And go walk around and go shoot photos or be in a dark public, I mean, a community dark room and have a blast. Like, I love, I love the parallels with that. You know, that's huge because, because there's some things you just kind of aren't as fun by yourself. You know, I could think of a lot of sports. If you're a wide receiver in football, which my youngest is, if he doesn't have, if, dude, if he doesn't have a jug machine, he can't it's not fun to be a wide receiver by yourself if especially if you're trying to work on catching or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so there's there's just yeah, certain yeah, yeah. things that kind of you it it functions the best with others. And it can kind of function by itself, but it's not as enjoyable. I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's equally as enjoyable for me with yeah. those things. Like I can get equal amount of enjoyment printing with people or printing by myself shooting photos with people or shooting by myself or skate with people or skating by myself, you know?
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I, I wanted to ask you like just one specific skate question, yeah. if that's all right. So, um, you, I might, so a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, he was saying, ask him about, cause I kind of thought this, but he confirmed it. The Radlands comp 95, um, tom penny won you came second right um was like because that was that's obviously now like a really like legendary in the penny story that's obviously like a really legendary moment right um and you and you were you were talking about how i, I yeah I mean, i'd just be really interested to get your perspective on that because like in, especially in like uk skateboarding british skateboarding that's like that, that's such a significant thing that you know like and you obviously had like a ringside seat and and am involved so i'd just love to get your perspective on that
1: yeah i mean i guess right away um it's all circumstantial right and it's within context of the emotional connection right like you're right that was a big contest, but I'd imagine it was bigger for those who had a deeper emotion. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think those who it was that contest is in their town or in their region had a deeper emotional connection to that one in particular per se, where for me, it's like, for me, certainly, yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. Certainly has, yeah. which is awesome. But for me, not so much. Cause I don't, you know what I'm saying? And so there's, There's a lot of contests that were just heavy contests, a lot of the, you know, early Tetis Cup contests. And, um, you know, uh, it's so so for me, it was like, dude, that was such a fun contest. And what I really appreciated about it was I always love. So we'd go out there and skate a bunch of contests on those trips. Right. Like we're probably out there heading yeah. out to Germany next or something or, or or France. Like we skated so many, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like being in a band, being on the road, going on tour. You're playing a lot of venues, and all those venues yeah. have aspects of being special. You know what I mean? But not one venue stand it becomes like the king of it all. Of like that was just you know what I mean. And so I guess what I'm saying is like. What I felt was on that tour, what I what I really appreciated about that venue and that contest, let's say, as opposed to maybe the other ones on that tour, was I just always loved the ones where it was more like like that had like the the Tetis contest would be more of the equivalent back then would be more of the equivalent of kind of like your your um, street leagues or X Games or something, right? Yeah. Where?
0: Yeah, it was the, it was it was like the kind of the kind of like that. Yeah, one it was a big one. Then, but, I, know, but I but
1: I love like, them because yeah. my favorite parts of those ones, honestly, just as much as skating, was standing on the vert ramps, watching all my heroes killing it on vert miller the ramp couldn't be wide enough for him ever and being like able to feel that energy right there on the deck you know what i mean so yeah so like yeah yeah I, like I, there's a deep emotional connection to that experience right what i love about um radlands was that that function like what you would experience at uh tampa pro where it's just, it's the community, sure. dude. Not much, too much. It's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. No, that makes, that makes it's a lot not of too sense. much outside. Yeah. It's just like everybody in there is like 120% skateboarder. There's no one, very rarely is there anyone in there that's just like, oh, we just heard there's this cool event. We just want to go be a part of it. It's like, no, dude. Like it's sweaty. It's, it's kind of like the, 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 the gnarly, like local gym where cats, you know what I mean? Where are boxers are <laughs> training for the fight. It's, and then they go to Vegas with the fanfare and everything. But this is like, that was like, no, we're in the gym here and we're, su- and, and we're sweating <laughs> and we're going for it. And it's, it's skaters skating for skaters, which you're always hoping. You're always hoping that's the deal. You know what I mean? Like, but it's very apparent here it's like dude we're scared. we're we're all having fun it's just one big session but it's a contest right and so my favorite what I, my favorite memory honestly more that's more important or or holds more value to me than anything um on that day was i forget what run it was but just high five and everybody after like to this day, that was just like one of my favorite moments just in skateboarding because it just it just exemplifies just the, the camaraderie and just we're just all out here having fun, you know, and that's what I that's what I remember most about Radlands was just that kind of like the camaraderie was functioning at some high, high levels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And funny thing, like a little kind of side note was like, I do remember a specific conversation (laughs) with Ed Templeton outside because something happened where the contest had to get cut short. There was still another like round of finals. The contest ended before the last uh, runs. I forget why. And so there was this kind of like voting, they're trying to figure out, should we keep going or not? And I remember, I guess kind of Ed was going around trying to see how, you know, get a uh, idea of like how people felt about like, hey, do you guys want to just end it now or go right in which depending on where your placement was going into that next cut. Would be a huge part of how you feel, right? And so, and so <laughs> yeah. I do specifically remember, like, I was second, and I remember I was like, I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to, yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm out. Good, good, like, I'm, I'm cool if you guys want to end it here. Like, I didn't want to go in and maybe drop down to eighth or something. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I do remember that specifically, also, you know, in, in, uh, you know, and and I remember, I remember Ed. What I, I I don't know where Ed was, but he was lower. So I I, I could I you know I could see it in his face. And he was like, really, <laughs> 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 like yeah, okay, dude, you sure? Like, <laughs> cause I want yeah. I want to I want to take you or <laughs> or or Tom's spot, you know, or something. But which rightly yeah. so, and it's in and it's and it's that a part of that camaraderie is such a help. I do, I'm laughing, but I am speaking on like, I do, I, you know, I've always appreciated and that, and it was functioning there. I just always appreciated competition that was good competition, like that pushed each other. Like, like I'm joking saying, Ed was, Ed was probably, that's not what he wanted to hear because he wanted my spot. That's what made Ed, Ed. (laughs) I mean, that's what, that's what makes the greats, the greats. They're like, no, I'm hungry. Like I'm, I don't want to settle for this. I got to make it happen, you know? And so, um, but anyways, I do remember, those are the two things that are the most highlighted for me when I think about Radlands is the high fives. There's just a row of just high fives. And, um, after one of my rides and then, uh, me and Ed's conversation, I don't even know if he would remember it, but our conversation.
0: That's a good story, man. Um, Hey Ray, thank you so much. That was so fun.
1: Right on, man. I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And yeah, thanks for wanting to, uh, put up with, uh, all this (laughs) windbagging. Nah, come on. It was fun. It was good.
0: All right, Matt here. Okay. So this isn't actually the end of the conversation, as is often the case. Once we'd finished recording the actual chat, We carried on chatting. Now, this actually happens a lot. Me and Thomas Campbell went on for another hour, I think, after I stopped uh, recording. And I always, always think, fuck, I should record that and include it as a bonus section. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, I did do a backup recording on my phone, which means that the ensuing 15-minute conversation was captured. This was basically a proper, proper geek out about music, how Ray writes the records that have influenced him, and how his next record is going to be him, his son on bass, and an 808, and so on. So I'm gonna try a little experiment. If you're a paid subscriber through my Substack channel, good news, just keep listening, you're gonna hear this bonus bit and housekeeping corner. Now, if you are a paid subscriber and you haven't yet set up your private podcast feed because you've not got around to it and you like, well, the free and paid episodes are always the same, you might wanna sort that out. Head to the Substack episode page for this conversation and click the handy link I've included, which reminds you what to do. And why not leave me a comment or share while you're there, nice one. Now, if you're a free subscriber, which will be most of you listening, I'm afraid this bonus section and the usual housekeeping corner bit is behind a paywall for this episode. If you're wondering what I'm on about, click. quick explanation. As your regulars will know, I host the whole shebang on Substack these days, primarily so i don't have to resort to shit ads to fund this gig i launched on substack in january 23 and i do continue to be amazed at how many people are choosing to support the show in this way for the price of a cup of coffee a week okay this is clearly an ad this band of heroic paid subscribers get access to all the looking sideways bits the fortnightly podcast the weekly blogs by me and guests and the weekly 10 things emails which go out on friday more importantly they are casting a vote to participate in a little corner of the world where we are not assailed by people disingenuously selling you shite to pay for stuff. I mean, does anyone actually believe that half these podcasters actually use Athletic Greens? Do me a favour, lads. Anyway, yeah, this was clearly an ad. Um, so if you're not asked, nice one. Thanks for checking this out. Hope you enjoy it. I'll be back with a new episode next week. Um, And, you know, you can still listen to that. It'll be free as usual on the usual platforms. If you do want to subscribe, either free or paid, there are perks for paid subscribers. You can do so via my Substack page, www.lookingsideways.substack.com. All right, have a good one.